Help your four-year-old find joy in learning. Waterford Upstart is a proven effective pre-K learning program that includes fun songs, games, and activities that prepare your child for success in school. We provide all the tools you need to help your child learn to read, including a coach, a computer, and internet access. And because it's already paid for, it's free for you. Enroll today at waterfordupstart.org. The Exxon Radio Show with Rob McConnell is largely an opinion talk show. All opinions, comments, or statements of fact expressed by Rob McConnell's guests are strictly their own and are not to be construed as those of the Exxon Radio Show or endorsed in any manner by Rob McConnell, Relmar McConnell Media Company, the Exxon Broadcast Network, its affiliated networks, stations, employees, or advertisers. All hit radio. Welcome to the X Zone, a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. Now, here's your host, Rob McConnell. And welcome to the Exxon, everyone. I am Rob McConnell, and for the next four hours, I'm your host. I'm your guide as together we cross the time-space continuum to this place that I call the Exxon. It's a place where people dare to believe and dare to be heard. It's a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. The Exxon comes to you Monday through Friday from 10 p.m. Eastern until 2 a.m. Eastern on the Talkstar Radio Network, Exxon Broadcast Network, Mutual Broadcast Network, and iHeartRadio. If you'd like to find out about the programming we have available for you 24-7-365, visit www.xzbn.net. Explanation, my guest this hour is Jason Hansen. He is a former CIA officer, security specialist, and winner of ABC's hit reality series, Shark Tank. His previous book, Spy Secrets That Can Save Your Life, was a New York Times bestseller. Jason is a highly sought-after expert on security and survival and has appeared on The Rachel Ray Show, Today, Dateline, and elsewhere. He currently lives in Cedar City, Utah with his family. His website is spyescape.com. And Jason, welcome to the X-Zone. Hey, thanks for having me. Man, alive. The CIA is getting a lot of coverage these days. Uh, You know, it doesn't, uh, you know, you guys do so much. And it seems at times you get so little thanks. So for all the no thanks you get, I'm giving you a big thank you out there, buddies. Well, I appreciate it. (laughs) Yeah. Um, What do you believe, uh, Jason, is the number one safety threat that Americans face right now? You know, that's a great question because there's so much crazy stuff going on in the world Mm -hmm. from, you know, threats from North Korea, Russia, China. Um, But it's probably internal. It's probably that, you know, lone wolf watching too many crazy YouTube videos who's going to burst into a church or a school or a Walmart or something like that. So I think it's just some, you know, very disturbed, mentally ill person uh, who's going to do a lot of harm. So I'd say probably that's the the biggest threat we face right now. Uh, How did you get into the CIA, uh, first of all? Uh, Why did you want to become a member of the CIA? Well, I mean, I grew up as a, a Boy Scout, so I'm an Eagle Scout, you know, spent a lot of time in the woods shooting mm-hmm. BB guns, doing all that boy stuff. And I never wanted a quote unquote real job. And I was born and raised in the Washington, D.C. area, just a few miles outside of D.C. in Northern Virginia. Right. So pretty much every government agency was in my backyard. And I sent out a bunch of applications. I was very blessed that the CIA and the Secret Service offered me a job. And I went with the agency because I just figured it'd be a little more exciting. Did you get to do a lot of traveling as an officer in the CIA? A little bit. I mean, it, uh, again, I'm, I'm stuttering for a reason because, uh, you know, I want to make sure I don't cross any lines and save anything I'm not supposed to. I appreciate um, that. I, yeah, yeah. But I was based out of uh, headquarters in Langley, Virginia. So mm-hmm. uh, a, a small amount, you know, some people are, you know, traveling nonstop. But yeah. thankfully, I wasn't. 
So how did you get the CIA to allow you to share stories in your books and, and the interviews that you do? I actually have to have everything reviewed by them. So, for instance, I have a new book that just came out called Survive Like a Spy. Mm-hmm. And I had to send the entire manuscript there. It took them about six months to review it. And we go back and forth and they say, you can do this, but you can't do this, but you can do this. And fortunately, after all that, they only redacted three pages from the book. So I was, I was pretty pleased with that. So you had two editors, the editor at the publishing house and the editors of the CIA. <laughs> That's right. And, and the, the editor of the CIA, I didn't really have much wiggle room, meaning if they took it out, yeah. I had to go with it. You know, one of the stories that I really liked was about the uh, CIA kidnapping an, a nar- uh, narco-terrorist. Uh, since kidnapping is a concern all over the world, what can the average person do to prevent or even survive a kidnapping a- attempt or even a kidnapping success story, if there is such a thing? Sure. I mean, obviously, if some guy you know jumps out and tries to throw you in a van or throw you in a car, you're going to do everything you can to avoid getting in that vehicle. Mm-hmm. So you're going to kick, scream, punch, gouge, do anything to make sure you don't end up in there. But if, heaven forbid, you did end up in the van, what you want to do is leave a DNA trail. And what I'm about to say is not going to sound very pleasant now, but it might save your life. And that means you're going to stick your finger down your throat and gag yourself so you puke all over the vehicle. Um, you're going to cut your finger and leave blood places. So if they take you to you know, a safe house and they're moving you from house to house, mm-hmm. you want to leave blood at every location. You want to puke where you can. You want to go to the bathroom where you can. So leaving that DNA trail makes it much easier for the police and the FBI to track you. Um, CIA, do they have any jurisdiction within the continental United States? So the CIA is only, you know, only operates, uh, as I say domestic, excuse me, foreign. Mm -hmm. So the FBI are the ones that have authority in the United States to do investigations and do all that. Then how come during the time of Kennedy, one of the largest CIA um, operations was based out of the University of Miami? That is a wonderful question for politicians who are much higher up the ladder than I am. So that's above your pay grade. (laughs) I'm saying obviously, you know, a president or whomever, you know, they can they can make exceptions to the rule. They can sign things off with a stroke of a pen. Wow. So, yes, hypothetically, the CIA is only supposed to have jurisdiction and operate outside the United States. But again, anything is possible. Does the CIA work hand in hand with outside contractors? Yeah, of course. I mean, there's like Walking Hut, yeah. When you join the agency, there's what's called blue badgers, and those are employees. So I was a blue badger. Mm-hmm. And then there's green badgers, and those are contractors. So it might be uh, Dynacor, Lockheed Martin, you know, all kinds of groups. So, yeah, the government, you know, obviously works with all sorts of contractors. Um, did you ever get to – did you ever get attacked, Is uh, you know, while you were on any of the cases that you worked on? And, and if so, how did you get out of the – the harm's way scenario? Thankfully, I never got attacked. And the only thing I ever had to do was draw my gun once. Mm -hmm. But the uh, person looking down the other end of the barrel realized it was probably a good idea to uh, not get shot. So I am fortunate that I've never had to shoot anybody and pray I never do, Mm -hmm. that I've never had to, you know, uh, fight anybody off. But a big reason of that is you know, I always have my head up. I'm very aware of my surroundings. I'm making sure that I avoid situations where I may have to end up in that kind of scenario to defend myself. So I'm trying to use preventative measures so I never find myself there. You know, we've talked a little bit about the physical threats, but what about cyber threats these days? You know, that's a big concern, and we've seen that. There's a lot more attacks on individuals, companies, and, and countries via cyber attacks than there are the physicality ones. Yeah, I mean, obviously, nobody wants to be walking out to a parking lot late at night and get mugged or robbed. And, you know, that's a concern. Mm -hmm. But it is much, much more likely that somebody's going to have their identity stolen or their credit card hacked or their bank account hacked. So, you know, you can't turn on the news these days and a week doesn't go by where you don't hear about some company. You know, you know, 100 million accounts have been taken from here, 100 million accounts from whatever the latest department store is. Right. So. You know, what I recommend to people, and it's actually very easy to do, is number one, they should put a credit freeze on their credit accounts. So uh, TransUnion, Equifax, Experian, put a credit freeze on all credit bureaus. 
and simple to do. You can do it online. But that way, if somebody has your social security number, your information, they can't go out and take a car loan or a home loan. Um, you may remember, and I don't know if you do, do you remember maybe it was last year or two years ago where the U.S. government got hacked and everybody, not everybody, but a oh, lot yeah. of people with top secret security clearances had their information stolen? I sure do. Well, a friend of mine who's also former CIA gets a letter in the mail and it basically says, hey, this is OPM, Office of Personnel Management, and you had your top secret security information stolen, which means the background information we presented with everything, you know, all our personal information. And, you know, it was just like, hey, by the way, good luck. So, of course, Jeez. my friend's telling me this. I'm yeah. like laughing at him. Uh -huh. And the very next day, I get the same letter in the Ooh. mail. So... You know, I did the credit freeze. Um, you know, I did all this, you know, the things I just mentioned. Because, right. you know, what can I do now? Now North Korea, now Russia, China, all the, uh, you know, uh, less savory countries of the world yep. with their politicians now have all my personal information. So nothing I can do now except to protect myself. That is, you know, it's, it's, it's scary to, to think that, you know, there are actually countries out there who are employing, employing people to do these cyber attacks, super, uh, you know, cyber spying and, and so on. So if the other guys are doing it, does that mean we're doing it as well? Well, yeah, of course we do it, but we do it. Uh, I mean, we have freedoms in this country. And what I mean mm -hmm. is other countries, they'll say to you, like, you're going to go work 12 hours a day hacking away. And you don't have a choice. And if you don't do it, you're going to get killed or your family's going to get killed. Or you're going to prison for life. So they have a lot more motivation where here we have sure. freedom. Like if you want to go apply for the NSA, you can apply for the NSA, but nobody's forcing you to do it. So yes, we of course have wonderful, brilliant people who are doing the same thing, uh, you know, wonderful technology, but they have armies and armies that do that. And that's the problem is, you know, we're, again, we've got yeah. the freedom, but they don't have the freedom. And so they're more motivated to do it. Jason, stand by you when I have to take a break. Explanation. Jason Hansen is our special guest this hour. His website is Spy Escape. And uh, when we come back, more about the CIA, spies, and we'll also talk to him about his adventure on the Shark Tank. This is the. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the X-Zone radio show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the X-Zone broadcast network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, 24-7-365. You have heard of the X-Zone? Now watch it on Simo TV, plus 500 video games, live TV channels, free video on demand worldwide and more does this sound like tomorrow's television well it is but you can have it today right now it is simul tv simul tv offers what the others only wish they could provide 15 exclusive channels like exxon sci-fi and horror we are worldwide no other provider offers that 500 built-in video games no need to have an extra expensive system we have them included free video on demand live streaming events from around the world, interactive online network, and much more. Tomorrow's TV today, Simul TV. Sound too good to be true? Well, it's not. You can have Simul TV today. Sign up at simultv.com. Do it today. Modern Esoteric, Beyond Our Senses by Brad Olson, consummates the lifeology story about where humanity originates. It is the lost continents, the primitive wisdom, the mythos of creation, and the rethinking of ancient history as we are taught in academia. There is much more to the story than what we have been told. 
As this is the first book in the esoteric series, modern esoteric starts at the beginning of time and accelerates up to this modern age. Future Esoteric is book two in the series and takes a forward-looking position ahead of today with an open and honest examination of the ET issue and various unexplained phenomena. To discover the writings of author Brad Olson, visit www.bradolson.com. That's www.bradolson.com. Welcome back, everyone. Jason Hansen is our very special guest this hour. His website is spyescape.com. Man, uh, is is the CIA the equivalent to MI5 in Britain? MI6, MI6. I believe is what it is. Yep. yep. So you guys are the real James Bonds, huh? Well, what I always tell people is if they knew what it was really like, yeah. you know, Hollywood would never sell any tickets because... <laughs> If you're if you're jumping out of helicopters, if you're driving a tank down a European city, that means yeah. something has gone very, very wrong. So the best spies are the ones who blend in. Nobody ever notices and they don't draw any attention to themselves. I don't know if you can answer this question and I respect it if you say I can't comment on it. But it seems that more than ever on specific media outlets, former members uh, of the CIA are coming forward to express their uh, opinions on the current administration. Is this something that the CIA looks at and says, you know, that's that's okay, they're no longer a member? But when they mention the CIA, I think it's kind of eh, a little tacky. Well, the CIA cares about is classified information. So it's the same reason I have to send my book manuscript there. Mm-hmm. and have them review it. So if a former CIA person is going on a big cable news show and voicing their opinion, right. you know, again, freedom of speech, freedom to do what they want. So as long as they're not giving away secrets, gotcha. it doesn't matter. And, you know, I, I don't have a problem with it. I mean, this, these when the CIA is getting bashed, and they have been, yeah. and a former CIA person comes and sticks up for the agency and says, hey, listen, these are amazing men and women. Oh, I'm all for it. So am I. So am I. But it's when... You get the other side, the the former members who are saying, you know, the CIA is doing this, that, and the other thing. I think that's that's a little tasteless because I do have a lot of respect for members of law enforcement and members of uh, CSIS up here in Canada. I know several members. And you guys deserve a lot more of the accolades than you do because you're right. People have no idea what goes on behind these closed doors for a very good reason. And yeah, I'm 100% with you on that one. I mean, before I joined the CIA, my very first job out of college was as a police officer. Yeah. So I have a tremendous amount of respect. And yeah, I mean, there's unfortunately, there's bitter people in every job in the mm-hmm. world. So there's bitter CIA guys who are for one reason or another, it didn't work out for them. And I mean, yeah, I find it unfortunate when they are attacking the CIA. Uh, there's a chapter in your book about the art of uh, elicitation about how spies recruit people. Can you give us a, an inside look into that without breaking any any secret codes or any secret uh, procedures? <laughs> I, I can. So in my opinion, my humble opinion, mm-hmm. spies are the world's best salesmen. <laughs> and the reason is, and I heard one of my fellow CIA officers say this, is basically, you know, some people sell vacuums, but we sell treason. And it's true because... <laughs> I love you, it. Yeah, you've got to go out to a foreign country. Like, uh-huh. let's say you were a spy. You've got to go to Russia okay. and find some Russian guy. And, of course, it's a very long process, which I'll get into. But basically say, hey, Igor, I work for the United States of America. We'd like you to sell some secrets and commit treason against your country. We'll give you a little bit of money. What do you say? And by well, the way, if you get caught, you'll probably be put to death. Well, it depends so. how much money you're going to give me. And if Putin, <laughs> he finds out. So, yeah, it's a, it's a tough sell. Um but the way you do it, I mean, it's a, it's a very long process and it's, you know, part of the cycle is called the SADR cycle and it stands for spotting, assessing, developing, and recruiting. And it's a sales cycle. So, you know, what information do you need? Yeah. You know, what has the United States government tasked you with? Have they said, Hey, I think Russia is developing a biological weapon to use in mice you need to find out. Well, then you've got to find, go to Russia and find out who's the expert on mice and biological weapons. You know, who would have that info? Then you have to find, you know, an access agent to that person, meaning 
who can connect you? So this is a very silly example I'm about to give, but let's say you found out that this Russian scientist went to a gym and had a personal trainer. Right. Well, you could go hire that personal trainer too and somehow, you know, strike up a conversation with a personal trainer and say, hey, oh, you know that scientist? Could you introduce us? I mean, it's a, again, more in depth than that, but it's just, it's a, a long process to get to where you need to. And it can take months. It can take years, you know, whatever, whatever it is to do it safely. Safely is the key word here. Well, yes, because the problem is, and this is why, again, spies are the world's best salesmen. There comes a time where you are going to have to tell the person, Hey, by the way, you're, you know, I, I work for the U S government. You're going to be working for the U S government. And the time you do that is when you're 100% sure that you've got this person, they're going to say yes, and you have nothing to worry about. I'll, obviously, you, wouldn't, you know, would not tell them anyways. But there's still the risk. Mm -hmm. And again, we'll use you. Let's say you go over there. You've been whining and dining this guy. You're best friends with this Russian scientist or whatever he is. And the day comes where, hey, hey, Igor, you know, I want you to give us this information. I work for the U.S. government. We're going to give you money. And let's meet next Tuesday. Well, if you were wrong, next Tuesday when you go meet Igor, there's going to be five guys jump out, put a bag over your head, and you're going to end up in a bad place. So you got to be careful. And when that happens, the U.S. government has no knowledge of you, right? It depends on what your cover was. So I can't go into cover, but I can say that a lot of people have uh, you know, diplomatic passports, diplomatic immunity, mm -hmm. and then other people don't have that. Hey, listen, so, I watched Mission Impossible. I knew it. I know what Mr. Phelps was told uh, just before his tape recorder exploded. So, yeah. So if you don't have any kind of diplomatic immunity, things yeah. could end up much worse for you. Wow. You, uh, there, there was another chapter in your book, and I'm just looking at my notes here, that talked about dead drops. Now, what is a dead drop and why do spies use them? So a dead drop is a way to transfer information or transfer gear. It can be anything. So I'll give an example. And hypothetical, of course. Of course. Um, let's say I'm going over to a foreign country and I need to get some equipment. Mm -hmm. And there's already someone in country who's going to give me that equipment. Well, we never want to be seen together because if both of us were caught, that would be very, very bad. So you're never going to be seen in the same place. But you will do a dead drop, meaning, and I'll just use a gun, for example. Let's say I needed a gun for some super secret mission. Mm -hmm. He may put a bag under a trash can in the middle of nowhere that contains the gun, and that's a simple dead drop. And I know oh. that at 5 p.m. on Saturday, I'm supposed to go pick up that trash bag with a gun in it. That's one example of a dead drop. Um, another way we would be just be communication, meaning I've got an asset – but again, we never want to meet face to face because there's no reason that this Russian guy should meet him with an American person. Right. So let's say we cut open a tennis ball and we shove in a message and we leave it in a park or, you know, again, wherever that could be a dead drop where we know that we're using that to trade messages back and forth. With all this high tech, it's the simplicity of what you're doing that I would imagine that makes it harder for people to, de to detect. And I know you just brought up a great point. I will tell you that is, of course, the movies, again, make it look super exciting. Sure. All this technology, you know, all this gear and wires popping out of you. But yes, in real life, you, you are simple. You don't want to make it overcomplicated. And also, if you are overseas and you've got all this spy gear on you, what happens if you get pulled over for a traffic stop and they search you and they find all this gear? You're in deep, deep trouble. So in real life, mm -hmm. you're going to have like nothing on you because you've got to blend in with your environment. Keep it simple, stupid. Or in this Correct. case, keep it simple, spy. <laughs> I love it. Um, tell me about your adventure with the shark tank. It was a great adventure. So um, actually, I'd never seen the show, and this was years ago. And a mm -hmm. buddy of mine mentioned it to me. I watched it, loved it, and decided to apply. And I got very lucky and got chosen to pitch the sharks. I got a deal with Damon John. It worked out well. Got a ton of publicity that I could have never afforded at the time. So it was a good adventure for me. What was the, uh, what was the product? So of the many things my company does is we have a two-day spy course where we teach people how to escape duct tape, how to oh, escape I rope. I love it. Um, 
how to pick locks, how to escape handcuffs using a bobby pin and hair barrette, how to become a human lie detector. So all these spy skills. Uh-huh. So I was pitching this two-day course and how to expand it and do it more throughout the United States. So basically, some could say that you were acting as a recruiting agent for the CIA, training all these people for them. That is true. You could absolutely say <laughs> I, was, I was trying to make future spies. Um, how many people have you trained over the years, and what is the common thread between all of these people? Man, over the years, it's been thousands because we may do a private training with 20 people mm-hmm. or, you know, I may go into a bigger company and they want me to train 500. Wow. So, you know, at first, before Shark Tank, the company was training a lot of corporate people, meaning I was training CEOs and high net worth individuals. Mm-hmm. And the wonderful thing that Shark Tank did is it opened it up to the masses. So it was like your next door neighbor, the everyday John Doe and all that kind of people wanted to take it. So I've trained people from every walk of life you can imagine, every background, every profession. And what they all have in common is they value their safety. They're like, hey, we live in a dangerous world. We pray we never have to use these skills, but we at least want to have this information and know how to save ourselves. Jason, stand by. We've got to take our break at the bottom of the hour for the news. Exonation. Jason Hansen is our special guest. He's a former CIA officer, security specialist, and the winner of ABC's hit reality series, Shark Tank. His website is www.spyescape.com. And we'll be back on the other side as we continue right here in the Exxon from our broadcast center in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Don't go away. Broadcast studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada, to the world and beyond. You're watching the Exxon Broadcast Network, www.xzbn.net. The scientist and the mystic have been on an age-old, relentless search with one thing in common. They seek truth. Their paths converge in the 40,000-year-old practice of shamanism, an ancient science delving to the quantum level of life, facilitating healing, manifestation, and evolution. I'm Gwilda Wiecka, the founder and director of Path Home Shamanic Arts School, a unique Colorado State-certified occupational school, training shamanic practitioners and teachers. We also provide classes for empowering personal lives through shamanism. Our certification classes are in week-long segments, enabling international participation, and online classes and long-distance shamanic healing sessions are available. Come discover the science of magic in the limitless world of shamanism. www.findyourpathhome.com Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the X-Zone Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the X-Zone Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan, and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, 24-7-365. Rob McConnell here, presenting an overview for Nicholas Paul Jinnix, author of a fascinating book, Amen. It presents facts revealed by Egyptologist, 
Facts that enable us to understand why Amen is the beginning of creation of God. It provides recommendations for religious leaders of the major religions to unify their beliefs and teach the word of God, love one another. Amen informs people how mankind conceived God. It was the Egyptians that developed the concepts of a soul, a hereafter, and son of God. And finally, after the worship of many gods, they conceived the belief in one universal God, the maker of all there is. For more information, visit www.futureofgodamen.com. That's www.futureofgodamen.com. And welcome back, everyone. My gosh, we're talking to Jason Hansen. Uh, his website is spyescape.com. What is the tactical pen? So the tactical pen is a regular writing pen, meaning, you know, you pull off the cap, you can write mm -hmm. with it just like any other pen, but it's made of a much harder metal and it has a point at the end. So, I mean, I'll give an example. We had a guy who saved somebody by smashing out a car window and helping him out of the vehicle. So... You could smash out windows, but of course, you could mm -hmm. also smash out people if someone were trying to attack you. How many of the people that you've trained at Spy Escape have actually used the experience and the knowledge that you've taught them within the United States? Sure. I mean, it's, it's a small number, thankfully. So as I said, we've trained thousands and mm -hmm. thousands of people. And, you know, I, whatever our number I make up is, you know, 75 people have used it. And I mean, we had one woman who escaped a kidnapping. Thanks to the information. We had another guy who saved himself from getting attacked at a gas station. Um, we've had people save themselves from getting uh, abducted by what's the word ghost cabs overseas. So it's people have used this to save their lives, but thankfully yeah. it's not like 10,000 out of 10,000. It's like 75 sure. out of 10,000. Hey, listen, one life saved is one life saved, my friend. That is correct. Absolutely. Hats off to you for the great work you're doing. Um, just uh, like to talk a little bit more about your, your, your uh, adventures in the CIA, and I hope you don't mind me calling them adventures because, you know, here I am, a radio guy, and I'm talking to a real CIA guy. You know, like, wow, this is cool. How long does it actually take uh, to plan an actual CIA operation? Is it like the movies or is it? <laughs> is it? Is it like the movies when you can do it in five minutes? Well, yeah, come on. I watch TV. I know that it only takes 22 minutes for CIA, CSI to solve a major crime with all their neat stuff. You've got to remember all governments have bureaucracy. And bureaucracy, you got to fill out paperwork, you got to write reports. So. It's a long process. I mean, of course, it depends on, you know, what the mission is. Everything yeah. is obviously a case-by-case -case basis, and it depends on the urgency, but it could take weeks to months to years. Wow. So it is not an uh, easy process or quick process. No, I, I'm very well aware of the bureaucracy. I used to be a policeman myself. Mm -hmm. And uh, when I watch these TV shows where the cops solve the crime in, you know, 22 minutes and a half hour, 44 minutes and an hour, <laughs> it's like, yeah, sure, uh-huh. You know, it's not all, it's not all glamour and glory. There's, I, I, I don't know how many times I've sat in a car for hours, days, weeks on end on surveillance, for goodness sake. So, well, it, it's funny you bring up surveillance because I did some myself, you know, with the agency. Yeah. And yes, surveillance is not glamorous at all. When you have to sit in a vehicle for 12 hours and mm -hmm. pay attention to things and, you know, write down information, it's like, oh my goodness, you know, I, this is, yeah, it's not like the movies no. make surveillance look stealthy and cool and neat. It's not that way at all. Not at all. Um, what can actually, what can people actually do to be better prepared for this crazy world that we live in? You know, I look at what's happening, um, North Korea scares the hell out of me. Uh, China, Russia. Like, it seems that we're in the, we're in the crosshairs of, of all the bad guys. Yeah, I mean, we absolutely are. And, you know, obviously North Korea is very unpredictable, unpredictable leader. Mm -hmm. 
and we have no idea what any of them are going to do. I mean, there's so many threats out there from, hey, North Korea is going to take down the power grid and we're not going to have electricity for a very long time. But other huge major threats are also wildfires, natural disasters. Yeah. I mean, last year in the United States, you know, we had the flooding in Houston and flooding in uh, we had the hurricanes in Florida. And I mean, all this horrible natural disasters that affected a lot of people. And so what I tell people is you've got to have your supplies on hand. You know, you've got to have that bug out bag or 72 hour kit with food and water. And, you know, that's that's a minimum. I actually have a year's supply of food in my house. Right. And, and I know the average person does not. But you could at least have 30 days that you could survive without anything else. So most people over in their fridge and they can't survive three days. But have enough canned food, have some kind of, you know, whatever food you want to buy that if things went bad, a natural disaster, you know, the electricity goes out for 30 days, that you're not going to be a desperate person who doesn't make it. I, I can't, uh, I, I, I shudder to think what the kids would do if there was no wireless and they couldn't <laughs> use their, 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 their handheld devices. Now, listen, a couple of years ago, there was an EMF that affected the power grid in, northern, uh, in the northern part of, uh, I believe it was Michigan, Vermont, New York, and Ontario, where we are. We were without power for nearly 10 days. Now, to me, it was a blessing. I didn't have to work. That was great. <laughs> you know, uh, but I always keep a hardwired phone in the house. So even if there is an EMF, the grid is down, the phone, the hardwire phones always work. And I was surprised to hear the, the horror stories from people who nearly lost it. It was summertime, for goodness sake. You know, but they, they couldn't. They couldn't work. They couldn't. They couldn't get around without their TVs. Their, their this. Their that. And what I saw was, and correct me if I'm wrong, it's that uh, the necessities of life were there, but they were ignored for the non-essential technological advances. Yeah, I mean, we are so fortunate to live in this day of age with all the technology that we have, mm -hmm. but we're also incredibly spoiled. I mean, I think the funniest example is when I'm sitting on an airplane and the Wi-Fi doesn't work and you hear like the passengers being like, this is terrible, the Wi-Fi, and they're like complaining <laughs> to the poor flight attendants. And it's like, hey, buddy, it doesn't work. There's nothing they can do about it. They've said the Wi-Fi is down on the plane. Exactly. So, um, so yeah, I mean, it's, you know, most people, especially the kids are going to turn into zombies if we lose Wi-Fi and power. But like you, I think it's a blessing. I mean, I love the simplicity. I love not dealing with all the noise and having to check email and all that. Yeah. And I've got all my preparations, so I don't have to worry about taking care of my family. The only thing that really ticked me off was we lost all the food in our freezer. <laughs> yes. I that. remember, uh, years ago. So I'm, as I said, I'm born and raised in Northern Virginia. We had a real bad power outage. And it was maybe a week. Mm -hmm. So, but we lost all the food in the freezer. And I, this was when I was younger. And I remember I came upstairs and my dad is entering the freezer into the sink and it's all this disgusting melted food. <laughs> and I go to him, I said, what are you going to do? You can't turn on the disposal. And he turned around, he goes, oh my gosh. <laughs> so, so just, you know, it shows how we're trained to be yep. able to do things. And so... For like several days in a row, sitting in our sink was just this like stuff that smelled like vomit Ugh. because, you know, the, the, the garbage disposal didn't work. That is that is too much. That is too much. As, as, a, as a former member of the CIA, when you look at uh, the news and you hear what's going on in Korea, how would you suggest people deal with? the the cross chatter of news and and I, maybe I should use the phrase that's being used everywhere now fake news because you don't know what is fake and what is what is real anymore. Yeah, I mean you're 100 percent right. Uh, you know what to tell people is North Korea is dangerous. They can't mm -hmm. be trusted. You know it doesn't matter how many resolutions we pass or how many sanctions or how many times we wiggle our finger and scold them. They're going to do what they're going to want to do. So there is going to have to come a day of reckoning, hopefully sooner than later. And that's obviously up to our government and military and CIA people now. But it's like we're telling a little kid not to, you know, make a mess in the house. And he keeps making it over and over and over. And we just keep warning him and nothing happens. 
and that's where we're at. So we, we are going to have to take a stand sometime. And just, again, I keep saying hopefully sooner than later because they, they could do a lot of harm and they haven't yet. And we, we need to be tougher on them. What about the, the recruiting of American citizens by terrorist organizations on the Internet? Yeah, I mean, like everybody else, they take advantage of technology. Mm-hmm. You know, the problem is the we just talked about technology and how we live in an easy world. Yeah. So, you know, we call them first world problems, meaning the kid's bored on Saturday night because the Wi-Fi's down or he got grounded and mom took away his cell phone or iPad. Mm-hmm. So we've got these kids who have grown up in such an easy world. They've never really had to do hard work. They haven't suffered. They haven't been through wars or, you know, mom and dad aren't making them even go out and rake leaves and mow lawns and do a normal type of stuff. And so they get bored and disgruntled more easy. You know, they're dissatisfied more easy because it's like the paradox of choice. They have so many options and choices. So if you're watching a YouTube video and you're a bored teenager who's unemployed or dropped out of school or something and they promise you something you like and you think you can make a difference, it's a it's a very easy recruiting process for a lot of these terrorist organizations. We have to take our final break. Uh, thanks very much for joining us tonight, Jason. It's great talking to you. And when we come back, Jason and I will wrap up talking about the CIA, talking about your safety at home and abroad, and uh, how you can get a hold of Jason and uh, find out more about his fascinating organization. SpyEscape.com is the website. I'm Rob McConnell. This is the Exxon, a place where people dare to believe and dare to be heard. It's a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. Seven nights a week. 10 p.m. until 7 a.m. 10 p.m. until 7 a.m. Did I say 10 to... Yeah, I'm sorry about that, Craig. It's 10 p.m. until 7. Wow. No, I don't work all those hours. We just do our three hours, four hours, and then we do the best of. Mind you, I'm told by many listeners that all of our shows are the best of. We'll be back on the other side of this break. Don't go away. heard of the X-Zone? Now watch it on Simul TV, plus 500 video games, live TV channels, free video on demand, worldwide and more. Does this sound like tomorrow's television? Well it is, but you can have it today, right now. It is Simul TV. Simul TV offers what the others only wish they could provide. 15 exclusive channels like X-Zone, sci-fi and horror. We are worldwide. No other provider offers that. 500 built-in video games. No need to have an extra expensive system. We have them included. Free video on demand. Live streaming events from around the world. Interactive online network and much more. Tomorrow's TV today. Simul TV. Sound too good to be true? Well, it's not. You can have Simul TV today. Sign up at simultv.com. Do it today. The new nonfiction book, Razor of Madness, is similar to cult movies like Clockwork Orange, Dragon's Tattoo, or The Other Side of Hell. Wayne Morin Jr. and Thomas Lee Howe will expose widespread and systematic deficiencies in this thought-provoking tell-all novel. Mind control rages among scholars in law schools. Human rights are ignored while thought reform and mental manipulation are accepted practices used as behavior modification. Dr. Louis Jolion West comes to mind. Media and public scrutiny shows that United States mental hospitals are in fact destructive murder industries. Razor of Madness Exposé Novel details this epidemic through an in-depth professional and personal investigation. For decades there has been a revolving door policy that still releases killers and pedophiles back into society. The maestro of mind control continues to haunt America to this very day. Razor of Madness is available in paperback or as a downloadable ebook at Amazon.com. I'm William S. Peckham. If you enjoy a good mystery with a touch of the paranormal, then you'll love my novel, From Out of the Woodwork. 
It's the story of a young Toronto contractor, Sean Kennedy, who buys derelict homes, guts them, and turns them into multifamily dwellings. Slums just waiting to happen. When Sean buys 29 Livery Lane, the house fights back. Former owners unexpectedly come out of the woodwork as he starts the destruction. The apparitions come to him when he touches old books, reads hidden letters, rummages through old boxes, finds a locket or reads a discovered manuscript of a murder mystery. From out of the woodwork will take you from 1899 to the horror of the World Trade Center, September 11, 2001. Check out From Out of the Woodwork on my website, www.williamspeckham.com. Exonation. Jason Hansen is my special guest at this hour. He is a former CII officer. So like I said to you, Jason, during the break, thank you very much for your service to your country. And uh, as a neighbor of the United States, I know that you and the CIA work very close with our good people at CSIS and as well as um, MI6 uh, to make this a world, make this world better and safer. So thank you very much for all that you do and all the great work that other people within your, within your uh, agencies do. Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, kid shootings, shooting in schools, kids uh, facing violence, uh, not only electronic bullying, but, you know, kids with guns. We Look what's happened at Columbine. Look what's happened uh, what, on February the 14th in Florida. Uh, do you, does your company teach kids how to pre- uh, protect themselves as well? We do. We train some kids. Uh, you know, mostly we try and train, train the teachers and administrators mm-hmm. because they're obviously more mature. They're better equipped to do what needs to be done. So the huge problem with these school shootings, which are obviously horrific and yeah. tragic, is <clears throat> human nature. You know, some kid or some person, whoever walks into a school with a gun, everybody immediately starts fleeing away and nobody runs towards them, which means that guy now has a clear path to shoot everybody in the back or shoot everybody, you know, around him because nobody comes to him. So in Israel, they are very well trained at swarming and rushing because Israel is surrounded by people who hate them, want to blow them up. And when you hear these Israeli stories about some guy pulls a knife or gun, within seconds, you know, people are tackling them. And so that's what we train and we're trying to get around to people is, listen, if you are standing close to them, you've got to rush them. You've got to jump on them. You've got to, you know, disarm them, kick them, hit them, whatever, because that's what's going to save lives. I mean, you could save dozens of lives instead of being two feet away and running the other way. Well, you were two feet away. You could have reached out and stopped this attacker. So we're trying to teach people to rush these shooters. Now, are you trying to teach the the uh, adults, the teachers, the administrators, this, or are you trying to let the children know what they can do themselves? So we're obviously mainly focused on the administrators, the adults, the teachers, because, you know, they're better equipped. Mm -hmm. They're more mature. You know, I'm not going to certainly expect a kid to do that, but if they are, you know, some 18 year old high school student and mature enough and, you know, their parents say, yeah, please train my kid in this too kind of thing, then absolutely we'll do it. You know, it's, you know, with a, with a child, you know, it's up to the parents um, what we should be sharing with them. As a former police officer, as a former member of the CIA, I don't know if you'd like to answer this question, but I'm going to ask it anyway. Um, what is your opinion of the current state of the gun control situation in the United States? So I'm a very strong supporter of the Second Amendment. Right. And I mean, I, I'm not going to go on to that because you have me talking hours how sure. important the Second Amendment is. So I believe that, you know, every law abiding person who's not a convicted felon, you know, no mm-hmm. criminal record should be able to own a gun. So if, you know, you're asking me if I think there should be gun control, if I think they should restrict guns to, you know, certain guns like AR 15s, absolutely not. I mean, Anybody with common sense knows bad people do bad things, sure. whether it's fertilizer and Timothy McVeigh blowing up the Oklahoma building. Exactly. Um, you know, all that kind of stuff. So what we need to figure out, and again, there's no way you can figure it out, is, you know, how to help these mentally ill people. And why I say there's no way is we can't read minds. We don't know 
that that guy driving a truck is planning to plow into a group of pedestrians and mow them all down. You know, we don't know that that guy buying a gun is really mentally ill. I mean, unless we have data in the past, meaning there's a criminal record or some record, Mm -hmm. but you know, we're not mind readers. We're not whatever that movie was, was a minority report with Tom Cruise years ago. Oh my gosh. Yeah, exactly. They could see the crime ahead of time. Well, we don't live in that world and that's, the problem until we can stop these mentally ill people there's no really good solution what is the problem and maybe you can help me understand this what is the problem with people who object to the extensive background check before allowing a person to get a gun well i mean we already do background checks so that's a great question because i don't i don't even know what they mean i mean they a lot of the things you hear from the media the media is liberal and they, they say stuff that isn't true, meaning they – I don't know where they get these facts. You talked about fake news. Yeah. So, for instance, when I go buy a gun and I own lots of guns, I have to get an FBI background check. Right. So I have to fill out paperwork. They have to check my all my information. And the gun dealer is not allowed to hand me that gun yeah. until my background check is clear. In, so – Sorry, go ahead. No, no, no. I, I was just going to say, I, I know that, that for a fact up here in Canada, when I was a police officer and I wanted to buy a gun and carry, get a carry permit for it, I had to go through a complete provincial police background check, even though I had previously held RCMP Cross Canada permits. Yeah, I mean, some yeah. people, again, probably because of the fake news, they think that you can just like go to a gun store and they yeah. hand you a gun and you say, see you later. But... I mean, there's already very extensive background checks in place, and I experience it every time I buy a gun. As I believe these are a necessity when you're handing over a weapon to a person. But I agree with you that uh, these laws are in place and that if a person doesn't have any problems, that the record is clear that they have the right to bear arms and that right must be respected. Amen. I absolutely agree. I mean, it's everybody likes to use the car thing, too. I mean, you can drive a car Mm -hmm. and cars kill a lot more people than guns do every year. And so it's, again, evil people will always find a way. And we just need to better stop these evil people. Isn't that the truth? Isn't that the truth? And I think that's a very important part of what the CIA does that goes unnoticed because of the professionalism of the agency. Yeah, I mean, you're 100% right. If if the agency or any of the great government agencies that do stuff came in every time and said, hey, this is how we stopped them. Yeah. Well, then clearly they couldn't use that method again. So it has to be discreet. I've got to tell you something. I, I used to laugh and I still do when you get these politicians, whether they're part of the military or whatever, and they get it up there and say, all right, what we're planning to do is A, B, C, D, E, F, G. And I'm saying, what the hell are they giving the bad guy <laughs> the information for? Right, exactly. Yeah, not too bright. You know, or or just like the police are in the middle of an operation and you've got all the news media there. You've got people streaming this stuff to the news media. Like, come on, doesn't anybody use their their brains anymore? Like, why do we have to let the other guy know what we're doing at all times? You're correct. I mean, it's funny you just talk about doesn't anybody use their brains is a friend of mine, ex CIA, says that spying is common sense on steroids. And I 100% agree because so many people lack common sense these days. It just blows my mind. What's next for you? Uh, you, you've, you know, like uh, you've got the spy escape. You've got the tactical pen. What are you going to do now? Like what's, what's in your future? Sure. So I just had a new book come out called Survive Like a Spy. Yeah. So, you know, we're promoting that. That's exciting and fun. Um, We've developed a hand-to-hand self-defense program called Spy Combatives. Mm -hmm. So we're introducing that to the martial arts community so they can train their students in the martial arts dojos that you have. And then we're just looking to open up more spy schools around the country and uh, keep expanding as much as we can. You know what? I love people who, who think and who act not only to to grow their own business, but to protect others and to to show society that they care. And this is exactly how I see you and what you're doing. So congratulations on a job well done. 
Hey, I appreciate it. I'm very, very blessed, and hopefully it'll continue to go as well as it is. Well, I'm sure it will, because I don't see um, I don't see Earth turning into nirvana tomorrow night, so I think you're safe for a couple of hundred years. I say, unfortunately, I think you're right, too. <laughs> uh, before we go, tell us a little bit about uh, Spy Secrets That Can Save Your Life, your book. So Spy Secrets is the old book. The, uh, oh, I'm sorry. The, yeah, no, that's all right. The, uh, the new book is called Survive Like a Spy. And it just came out. People can get it on Amazon or Barnes & Noble or any place that sells books. And it is real-life CIA missions that have never been revealed before. And I tell you about these missions. I break it down. And then here's what you can learn from the CIA operatives in this mission so you can apply these spy skills to keep yourself safer in your everyday life. And uh, can people order it on your book, uh, on, on your book, on your website, Spy Escape? Yep, yeah. If they go to spyscape.com, they can get my old book, Spy Secrets Can Save Your Life, and the new book, Survive Like a Spy. You were saying that you teach people how to be human lie detectors. Can I've got about a minute left, and I'd love to hear some of the tricks of the trade. When is the last time you stole something? Last night. What did you steal? My wife's love. <laughs> Well, you just blew it for me. So I'll give you one more quick trick of the trade. <laughs> okay. Um, one of the things, ways you can tell people are lying is what we call the three to five second rule. Okay. So I use this a lot in job interviews when I'm hiring people for my company. So you bring them in, you mm -hmm. ask them an uncomfortable question, yeah. and it may be something like, when's the last time you stole something? Or when is the last time you did drugs? An hour people ago. People who, go ahead. I, an hour ago, I took some Tylenol 3 from my back. <laughs> In a job situation where it's more intense and more formal, you know, people are already a little yeah. uptight, but honest people give quick answers and they look normal on their face. They don't right. show any fear. So if you ask somebody, hey, when's the last time you did drugs mm -hmm. and they're honest, they're going to say, oh, you know, when I was in high school, I smoked marijuana. And it's like, okay, all right, we're all stupid. We all make mistakes. Yeah. But if somebody hesitates, if somebody starts to stutter, if they get that deer in the headlights look on their face then you know something is not right. So, you know, an example is I was doing a job. Oh, wait, I, I, said, I hey, hate to do this, but we've got 30 seconds before I have to sign off. So do me a favor. Come back again and visit us. Um, I can certainly do that. This has been a great pleasure speaking to you, and I'd love to find out how you progress with your company. And if there's any way we can help you, please let us know. I will do that. Thank you. You take care of yourself, young man. Be safe out there. Exonation Jason Hansen has been my very special guest this hour. Visit his website, spyescape.com. We'll be back on the other side of this break. Don't go away. And I took two Tylenol 3s an hour ago. And who the hell would go into an interview with a former CIA guy and try to lie to them? We'll be back. Modern Esoteric, Beyond Our Senses by Brad Olson, consummates the lifeology story about where humanity originates. It is the lost continents, the primitive wisdom, the mythos of creation, and the rethinking of ancient history as we are taught in academia. There is much more to the story than what we have been told. As this is the first book in the Esoteric series, Modern Esoteric starts at the beginning of time and accelerates up to this modern age. Future Esoteric is book two in the series and takes a forward-looking position ahead of today with an open and honest examination of the ET issue and various unexplained phenomena. To discover the writings of author Brad Olson, visit www.bradolson.com. That's www.bradolson.com. Are you or is someone you know struggling with addictions, depression, anxiety, relationships, low self-esteem, lack of confidence, grief, success, and prosperity? Do you know that your subconscious belief plays a big role in the outcome of your hard work? We can help you permanently change the beliefs that may be the reason for your struggles and failures. We care about getting you the return on your investment and the results you are looking for. We can help you be free of the limitations of your past and in realizing your highest potential. We work with people by phone and Skype. For more information, visit us at www.ritasoman.com. That's www.ritasoman.com.
Do you think you have energy problems in your home? Do you feel better when you're away than when you're home? Joey Korn is a global leader in the world of dowsing who specializes in personal energy clearing and space clearing. He can help you create an ideal energy environment in your home no matter where you live in the world. Learn about his remote spiritual house cleaning services and much more at www.dowsers.com. You can get Joey's book, Dowsing, A Path to Enlightenment, as well as other dowsing books and tools, Kabbalah books, and Walter Russell books. Joey's work is really amazing. Go to dowsers.com right now. That's D-O-W-S-E-R-S dot com or call 1-877-DOWSING. That's 1-877-369-7464.